Hailing Frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and we have to start a movement to stop the most lethal and bloody entertainment in the galaxy, Cassilian Opera. Sopranos have a 100% fatality rate. It's barbaric. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek Podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back. Hi, thank you. You know our catchphrase. That's right. Well, I've done this a couple (laughs) times, yeah. Uh, How was uh, Europe? You just got back from Europe. Uh, Yeah, I was in Portugal for like a week. Uh, It was really, really fun. It was gorgeous. I got to see and touch the Atlantic Ocean for the first time. So Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Is this one of those things? Is there any learning on this trip or is this just one of those schools out? No. (laughs) Schools Uh, out and uh, plane tickets in Europe are very cheap. (laughs) And that's the way it goes. Okay. Well, great. (laughs) Well, I know uh, that you're excited, so let's uh, get on with it here. Also joining us on the show tonight is Dave Gallanter, author of multiple Star Trek novels and short stories, including the 2009 pocket TOS novel Troublesome Minds and the 2015 novel Crisis of Consciousness. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's very good to be here, and uh, it's good to talk with both of you as usual. Yes, it's good to have all of us back on the show once more. And it occurred to me, Dave, that uh, you joined us over a year ago for the first episode of season one of Star Trek Discovery as well. I think you're our official first episode guy at this point. Well, hopefully there will be uh, many more seasons uh, with which we can do that then. (laughs) That's how we're going to kick off a season, have Dave hit it with a champagne bottle and off we go. I was on your Twitter, Dave, and I saw that you have a few Trek ship models, uh, and specifically you got the new Enterprise Discovery model. I do. I am not a model guy, uh, but I have the original Enterprise uh, yeah. through Eagle Moss, the uh, 10 or 11-inch uh, deal, and I liked the Discovery version of the Enterprise so much that I got that as well. Yeah. They are the only two Star Trek models that I have, and the reason for that is if I were to get more of them, I would want all of them. And I I can't afford that. I don't have the place to put it. And my wife would frown at me. (laughs) All of those things that you just listed, like that's the eternal struggle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also there are little children in my house and uh, I have to keep them up high because they, of course, want (laughs) to play with them and fly them and all of that. And, uh, (laughs) you know, those are those are a nice chunk of change. Yeah. They're not toys. They are models. I have my eye that on is, the. That is correct. I have my eye on the uh, ambassador class one, actually. Dem dem nacelles. See, this is the problem. They're all really, really nice. Yeah. And you you do sort of want a collection of them. Although I will say, I really like the ten, eleven inch models better than uh, uh, better than the other ones, just so that I can see them from afar. Because I I don't I'm uh, they're across the room there. Yes. Well, it's an excellent product, but we're not sponsored by Eagle Moss, so we're moving on. Uh, (laughs) The Trek world has been rocked, rocked by news item after news item in recent days about new developments in Trek. And at this point, let me count the shows that they have in development. Uh, They're working on more short treks. We heard a Picard show, a Lower Decks show that's animated, uh, another animated show for kids, a Giorgio show. They talked about a Starfleet Academy show, I believe, is still being uh, produced. Um, What do you guys think of all of this new Trek that is coming at us in a wave? Well, I'll tell you this. I think that there is a... 
uh, a shared universe out there yeah. um, for them to create in. Um, I think it's the same sort of I, I, I think they're trying to go for what Marvel has established uh, both in movies and on Netflix, yeah. um, which is this. Uh, and actually, uh, the CW has done this with their Arrowverse shows. Um, I think this is how uh, television is going, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm not even a big lover of Section 31. But right. I can totally see and will totally watch a an Emperor Giorgio show, um, and I can see where they can take that character in interesting and not necessarily horrible directions. <laughs> so I'm looking, you know, because she's a bad guy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Ella, uh, but uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to ask Ella what she thought of a Giorgio show. A um, show. If I'm going to be completely honest that announcement made me a little nervous because I think you have to, that show, you're going to have to write it really well. Yeah. I mean, I hope they have some good ideas. Um, but just in general, with all the announcements of new shows, I feel like my my brain is just protecting me. It's like all of the <laughs> Star Trek news. It's like, we're just going to put that over here and just not think about it until it something actually happens. Right. <laughs> because I'm so like, over here is all the Star Trek stuff. And then, slightly to the right of that is like things that are important like homework and class and like just generally walking without running into things yeah well i guess those are all important too yeah <laughs> i've heard uh across the trek sphere people being somewhat concerned specifically about the Giorgio show and whether it will you know continue to uphold the uh the values that we appreciate so much to the point where newsweek and i mean it's newsweek it's it's a garbage outlet but they had like a headline <laughs> on one on an article that was like new michelle yo show determined to finally kill star trek optimism and people were like okay let's find out what uh boyan kim and erica lippelt think about that and uh erica lippelt tweeted in response to that oof that is not what we're aiming to do we will never lose sight of what star trek represents so it feels like it's in good hands I, I don't I don't see how uh, you would change the Star Trek universe just by having this uh, this one sort of character. Um, I would think, and I don't know anything about the show. I would think the show is more about how they change her. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, because it's an entire uh, an entire federation, um, and and this uh, person finding sort of their way in it in a different way of life. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would assume that's sort of the direction that they're going. So I I didn't look at that and say uh, it's not going to be optimistic. Yeah. Ella, what do you think? I I just I've got no idea. <laughs> I would <laughs> I I would definitely watch. I would watch the show about like her trying to be evil and at every turn is just another like cute Starfleet cadet being like, did you know that captain, like captain Kirk said that like, and well, obviously not, you know, he's not <laughs> right. big yet, but like, I would, I would watch that for sure. And then she's her like, just being like, Oh, every turn. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then Pollyanna, she goes into her quarters <laughs> yeah. and it's just people hanging upside <laughs> yeah. down. And yeah, uh, I don't think it'll necessarily be that bad. I think she could probably uh, crack some heads and then maybe learn, maybe learn a little bit, too. While we're on the subject of Section 31, and I promise, I promise we're going to get to tonight's episode. How does everybody know about Section 31? We've seen in the in the uh, previews of, of what's coming up in the season, Pike's like, no, oh, Section 31, uh, pretty great. 
wasn't that does something happen to the perception of it or people's knowledge of it? Because when it shows up in DS9, nobody's heard of this thing. Like Bashir has to get on the computer for a while and look around before he can even like find like hide nor hair of this secret organization. I think Pike is just kind of a show off. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just has the in. He just knows. Well, was <laughs> Section Thirty One in DS9 part of Starfleet? I thought it was just a Federation thing, and yeah, I think it seems that's... to be part of Starfleet. Right. In this era, and my guess is is that it goes it goes in and out. Maybe sometimes it's part of Starfleet and sometimes it's not. And if it's not part of Starfleet, it becomes more covert, I'm guessing. Mm, interesting. Yeah, they Pike's like, Oh yeah, they offered that to me, but I yeah, I didn't really want to <laughs> Yeah. You know, got those cool uniforms. He's like, They called me and they said I would probably have it, but I said no, no that's got, not good enough. Yeah, I got things to do. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Well, uh, tonight we've seen the premiere of the second season of Star Trek Discovery, episode one, Brother, and we're here to break it down for you. And before we start, as always, of course, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone. So be warned, listeners, we're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Brother is the crew of the USS Discovery joins forces with Captain Pike to unravel the mystery of seven mysterious red signals that have appeared across the universe. Uh, or I guess Galaxy in this case, but they say universe. Uh, it was written by Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts, who are the former showrunners for Star Trek Discovery, and they were also writers uh, for season one. And uh, Ted Sullivan also wrote this episode. He's a co-executive producer and writer for Discovery. He co-wrote the first season episode, Lethe, along with Joe Minoski, and he wrote the episode, What's Past is Prologue, for last season, which was the last episode of the show's Mirror Universe arc. And the show, of course, was directed by Alex Kurtzman, who is the co-creator of the show, and he's pretty much the Star Trek czar right now. <laughs> so uh, what did you guys think of Brother? Dave, why don't you tell me what you thought? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was uh, I was kind of blown away uh, by how much I, I like Pike. And while mm. he is not the Pike that we saw in, in the cage specifically... Uh, he's a version of him because I, I, I actually watched part of the cage before viewing this. Mm -hmm. And the guy he was in the cage was just coming off this sort of, I mean, he was at a life changing point uh, deciding what he wants to do with the rest of his life. It was after a battle. He had lost people. He was sort of depressed. Yeah. And uh, obviously in the three or four years since he's found himself yeah. and, uh, and it made me really like Pike uh, 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 quite frankly, more than I did in the cage. Okay, sure. Yeah, he's a little bit of a he's a, he's a cowboy now. He's kind of uh, having fun and ruffling feathers out there, like he says. He's a little glib. He's pretty wise. He he trusts his people, um, and he's finding his way with this crew. And uh, I I thought it was very well done. Yeah, I did like his openness with the crew. You know, especially after and they make a point of this in the episode, having such a secretive captain who's sort of manipulating them. And Tilly brings up his file and he's like, no, no, everybody, look at my bad grades. Look at the whole thing. Uh, I, you'll notice, though, that he did walk in front of it <laughs> after that initial thing. So we didn't see the next couple pages of maybe all the trouble that he got in at the academy or like what fetish porn he's into like that. He, he covered that part up. But, yeah, I like the fact that he's being open uh, with the crew and wants to gain their trust. Ella, what do you think of the episode or of Pike in particular? Um, I mean, honestly, impeccable tv amazing episode i'm a little nervous about the red angel thing but we can talk about that later but oh, yeah, we'll it's so that. funny that both of you guys liked pike so much because i like i i hated him i still might hate him 
Okay. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I don't trust him. Something's wrong with him. Like, and then he only started to like get on my good side when he, you see him like try to run off of the transporter pad to help Burnham. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then he rescues her. And so like at the end, then when he was in Lorca's office and he was like, why aren't there any chairs? I was like, okay, okay. Cause like, I feel like he, he would like pass the psychopath test and Lorca would not. Right. (laughs) So I have, I have hope for him, but right off the bat, I was like, you're the worst and I want to punch you in the face. (laughs) Did you pause? Did you pause and read the fortune cookie? Uh, a uh, piece of paper that uh, was left it, on yeah. the floor. That was a, a very telling little uh, telling little fortune. Yeah, wait, I, I didn't I didn't write it down though. It's uh, something to the effect of not every cage is a prison, and not every yeah. something is a something. <laughs> First half exactly right. <laughs> not <laughs> not every uh, nice blonde lady you meet uh, it looks like that. Or something. <laughs> uh, we'll not every cage is a prison. Uh, nor every love uh, eternal or lost eternal. Lost eternal. Okay. I just I just pulled it up. I, I paused it. Uh, not every loss is eternal. Yeah. That uh, seems, it, I yeah, like it. Yeah. It seems like a cage slash menagerie uh, type to call out. Um, it'd be better if his fortune cookie said, "Be sure to check those baffle plates uh, before they blow up in your face." But anyway, that's a little too much <laughs> foreshadowing. That's too very direct. <laughs> Uh, it's just a fortune. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was just fine. Um, <laughs> I think that it distills. Like I was uh, telling my girlfriend as we were watching that it's like it's kind of like the most discovery it's ever been. It's like they took every sort of high point or every sort of action thing or sort of tense moment from discovery and distilled it all down into an hour. And it was, you know, the whole thing's an hour. And I guess I didn't. I'm looking for more of these uh, quieter moments and these more sort of introspective kind of things, which still kind of wondering if that's what Discovery aims to deliver. Um, Based on this, no. And then I was looking back and thinking about, like, well, what do I want him to do for the first episode of a second season? Have Burnham get impregnated by an energy being and then have a baby, like in TNG? (laughs) Not great. They're setting setting up the story for the season, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, I will say I do like the humor uh, that uh, is being presented. Um, It's something that wasn't high in a lot of uh, last season. Um, Mm -hmm. Although I thought they missed an opportunity. Um, when, uh, Jet Reno asks her, where have you been for the last 10 months? I really wanted Burnham to, or where were you 10 months ago? I really wanted Burnham to say prison. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been so good. I was on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, let's just skip right to, uh, talking about uh, a new character that we've met here. Jet Reno, um, amateur surgeon or surgeoneer, maybe, um, I really liked uh, the character. I really like seeing uh, Tignataro. I'm a big fan of hers. Do you think that she Me will too. continue? Do you think we'll see her in the future? Because she doesn't really come hang out. God, I hope so. Episode. Yeah. I hope I hope she becomes a member of the crew. Yeah. Me too. So if, I also just love Tig. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to... We also find out that uh, Stamets plans to step down, but of course it seems like he can't yet because of the emergency situation. But he also seems like he's sort of stepping back a little bit. So in his role as uh, an engineer, do you think 
maybe Jet will step in and, and pick up uh, kind of the things that he's not doing. Well, he's not an engineer. He's a uh, he's he's he was the spore drive guy, um, and I don't I don't think he did a lot of engineering stuff. I, I think they had a, a, an engineer that we didn't see much of. Um, and in the preview for the season, you know, they that they showed after the show, there is, I guess, at least one spore jump. So obviously, yeah. they need him around for that. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, just going off of what I said before about there just being nonstop action, I found like the pod sequence to be extremely boring. Um, and I know that that was the opposite of what they wanted me to feel, but they set this thing up and it's clearly designed to eat up, you know, X amount of minutes and be exciting. But, you know, none of them are going to die, except also, you know, that the, the asshole guy is going to die because yeah. uh, Lieutenant asshole because he's not go. listening to Burnham. <laughs> yeah, but it just, I wasn't bored by it, but I found it confusing, uh, oh, visually just, confusing. Just visually confused, like what was going on. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep track of it. Uh, but I, that's a problem I have with a lot of uh, CGI TV and movies today. Is my eye isn't sure where to look. Yeah, yeah, because it was also it was, it was okay. literally it was exactly the scene from JJ Trek where they. Oh, where they go like uh, do the jump onto the drill, onto it, Nero's drill. Yeah, yeah. Or and the, uh, dude, the scene from Into Darkness where they go onto the dreadnought. Yeah, like yeah. literally in in JJ Trek, Kirk is like telling the guy's name is Connor, and he's like, "Connor, pull your chute," and he's like, "No, I got it." <laughs> like That's, it's exactly oh the same. Oh yeah, it's a brother or something like that. <laughs> uh, or it could so be the weird. same guy, alternate universe. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Kurtzman loves... Right, his, it could be the same guy. We're falling really fast scenes, uh, I guess. But, <laughs> so I, anyway, I just, you know, that didn't, dramatically that didn't interest me. What did interest me was I really liked the rescue scene after they get uh, hooked up with Reno and they find out that she's keeping all these people alive and they've yes. got to get everybody onto the gurneys and get them in there. And you kind of know, okay, so they're going to get everybody off, but like Burnham's not going to make it, right? So we'll, we'll go off of that. And even knowing that, I just found it interesting to see them working together and kind of uh, doing this thing that you wouldn't... I, I didn't expect to tune in and see them uh, beaming a bunch of people on hospital beds uh, to another ship, but I thought that was cool. One of the things I liked, by the way, is that uh, the transporter room door uh, is you know keeps closing right. and Pike, Pike goes off screen for a minute and comes back with a really big pipe. <laughs> right. I mean, he's not ordering someone to do it. He's going and doing it himself. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. And he comes back uh, to grab Burnham, of course, at the end, uh, after they blow up that set real good. Mm -hmm. uh, so at, in that moment, or just before that moment, uh, Burnham has a vision of something, and it's this thing that we've heard about that's apparently called the Red Angel, and nobody knows what it is. What do you guys think it is? Dave, what do you think it is? Uh, it looks very alien to me. In fact, the first pictures of it that I saw, it looked like a giant alien eye. Sort of a, a, a sore and eye, but you know they have it in the opening titles. It looks more, much more like a, a humanoid figure with wings. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, who knows? You can't, you can't tell. They are definitely. It looks to me like they're going to drag this mystery. I'm guessing uh, the whole season. Yeah, Ella, do you have any uh, prognostications? No, I mean, it's. <laughs> I had this. Well, I had this weird moment while I was watching it because I was like, oh my god. That's an alien. And then I was like, why? <laughs> why <laughs> am I shocked? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's 
it's either an alien or it's like a, a person like wearing wings. <laughs> so it's the vulture from Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wrong universe, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I wondered myself, um, uh, a lot of people have speculated that it's something that we've seen before and nobody's said yes or no on that. Um, I think it would be kind of disappointing. I know that they like their fan service. And of course this entire season is going to be kind of a riff on the cage. Um, but I'd, I'd really like it to be something different. And it seems to be, you know, if the angel is connected to the signals, which I guess we can assume that's true. Spock seems to know something about the signals as well. And so I wonder what the connection is between them and the angel and him. Uh, what what struck me was that um, when, by the way, she basically goes and accesses his private logs, his personal logs. Yeah, which, which I was totally, <laughs> I was totally thinking, yeah, I guess a big sister would do that, but oh, rude. Totally. Yeah. Um, but he apparently, you know, drew these signals, embedded the signals in this message. Right. Uh, didn't didn't Pike say he's been gone for a few months? He said that's that he's, before he's... the signals showed up. Yeah, he said that he's got at least he could be away for for months and months and has been gone for a while. Yeah, I just wonder why he doesn't use a password to lock his computer. Like I thought Burnham would be like Logic sixty nine. Why would it be sixty nine? No, it would be the name of his. <laughs> Sorry, Logic forty seven. Sorry, right. <laughs> Ella. Uh, what did you think about the Prank. absence of Spock to bring? <laughs> um. Well, when uh, I was expecting, it's called Brother. Yeah. I was expecting Spock. And then as soon as we see Connolly, I was like, oh, of course, why did I ever think we were going to see Spock in this episode? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he he wouldn't immediately make an appearance in this episode. Um, for Just for my own, uh, for, for like selfish reasons, I'm glad they're easing us into it because like, we just have that like audio log now. And so now when he's actually on screen, it won't be as much of a shock for my system. <laughs> right. Um, well, we did see a lot of him as, as a kid. That's true. Oh my God. That baby. Little Spock. Did, did anybody, by the way, when he, when he throws up this, this ginormous, what looks like a sea creature, um, you know, holograph that's going toward Burnham. Did ev- did anybody else hear in their head Vulcan shark do 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 do? Because that's I did. Oh my god! Yeah, okay, now to fired. <laughs> my uh, apology. I'm sick. I have a cold. I'm on cold medicine. All right, he can't be blamed for anything. Uh, yeah, I liked his little uh, 3D etch a sketch kind of thing. But so, do you guys think that the that sea creature, whatever it is, is is connected to to the angel and the signals and mystery and and the he and the ho. I don't know about just, that. I'm yeah, I'm very confused by that. Or is it just a scary thing to do? Well, he said that uh, that his mother told him to sort of you know draw his uh, um, uh, the things he was afraid of, yeah. and I think I think Spock is is well, we know Spock is kind of tortured. And I also find it very interesting that Sarek has a better relationship with her because she is human. He accepts a lot more of her humanity um, than he does from Spock. And I think that's fasc- fascinating, interesting. quite a phrase. Yeah. 
I was thinking about that as we she was talking to him and they were talking about Spock that you know whatever happens um, we, you know they're not going to reconcile at least not yet not in on discovery because we've got all the way till a journey of Babel before they really kind of mend fences um, Ella are you there? yes Ella still yes there. Ella uh, Michael Burnham is she at uh, t- number one Michael Burnham or number ten Michael Burnham in this episode. How much burning is um, she? I mean, how what? How do we define Burnham? Is the question. Well, um, I think. Wait is is one is one the highest or is ten the highest? I think one is the lowest and ten. Is one the is highest, the lowest and eleven okay. is above ten. Okay. Okay. I mean, at least a seven. Yeah. I would like some more, like, patented Vulcan sass. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I would like to, because I feel like last season when she spoke, it was like that that girl grew up on Vulcan. Like, you were like, uh, you uh, you ate family dinner with Sarek, and I know that you did. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, as always, Sonequa Martin-Green, a treasure. Yeah. Um, a gift to watch on screen. Um, thought... I'm very excited to see uh like when when she sees Spock. I'm excited to see her then this yeah. season. Yeah, I thought that it was um it's tough to do. You've got a lot to establish and they've got to get the whole plot of the season going forward. And they do show, you know, last time on Star Trek Discovery, but it's it's hard to remember sometimes that like they just left Earth. I guess it's been a couple days or a week or so, but she's said goodbye to to Tyler and they've got, you know, the whole thing with the Klingons Oof. and everything. So she's coming off like a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so in, she just seemed really sort of amped up and really emotional. And I have to imagine that the subtext is like, boy, if I could just hang out with my brother who, you know, I sometimes <laughs> talked to when I was a kid, like that would be something centering for me because, wow, the whole thing is the whole universe is kind of spinning around me right now. It makes me so sad. <laughs> oh, no. Keep it together. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, me Tilly, and Michael. What's that? I said this is going to be a rough season for me and Michael. Yeah, Michael's always got it rough. Uh, <laughs> Tilly's uh, back, and she is, of course, in the uh, command training program. And it looks like they've kind of got her paired up with uh, with Stamets this year. Um, what do you guys think of that combo? That seems to be something they went to in the first season. It's a proper combo because she uh, is also a is it a mycologist. Is that what it's called? Astromycologist. Yeah, uh, astromycologist. Thank you. Um, and uh, and so I think it was. I forget where I saw it, but but didn't she? I mean, she specifically I thought wanted to work with him. So I thought it was very touching that she she didn't want him you know, to leave. And I thought that was a nice moment. And I thought her telling Burnham, that was a nice moment. Yeah. Um, so I, I love them together. I love that she talks so much and he <laughs> is totally in willing to just say, yeah, stop talking so much. <laughs> right. Cause they're comfortable with each other. Right. Yeah. Ella, how does the new Tilly look to you? Perfect. As always. <laughs> um, I do. I like what she and Stamets 
bring out in each other. Um, but I want more of like when she <laughs> got nervous, like scanning Captain Pike's hands. <laughs> like I want more of her talking to like other people that we haven't seen her interact with before. <laughs> right. Did you say scanning his pants? No, his hand. Oh, okay. All right. I, it's, it's, uh, my ears are flushed. <laughs> For the apparently. new uniform. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, I'm kind of hoping that, I don't think we ever will, but I was kind of hoping to see Commander um, Non again, but who knows if that'll happen. And just for me, like, you know, Discovery bounces around a lot, and of course we focus on our sort of main characters, but I was glad that Pike was like, okay, um, everybody just say your names, just so we just know who everybody is. And it was, for <laughs> me, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, Bryce. Okay, that's, that's that guy's name. Okay, it was like a little refresher uh, for the audience as well. Did you notice that Arium just refused to not state her rank like everybody was just like oh okay we're just doing names all right, right. and then she was like uh lieutenant commander arium like to give rank thank you yeah. very much <laughs> well does she have does she have a, a first name i don't That's know a good question. I don't not know that, that i've ever seen like yeah i, I did know. like saru just saying saru yeah saru. Just, just, just saru, saru. That's well, saru. i'm not human uh, also, um, I liked. The, I don't know if this was a nod to Jordy LaForge, but they had a guy with like a like a Cyclops uh, visor yeah. type thing who was beaming. I noticed around. that running the transporter. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that was some sort of uh, some prosthetic or a visual aid. Uh, anything else? Ella, were you disappointed that that uh, Pike didn't mention women on the bridge? Oh yeah, that's um, probably best to just let that he's, go. He's passed that over. It's been four years. So. Yeah. <laughs> or like ask Saru, like, so you got a cute yeoman, or how does this work? <laughs> do, do you guys have anything else uh, in the uh, episode that was worthy of a shout-out that you could think of? I can get you started. I like the fact that they opened with images from Cassini. I thought that that was kind of neat. Uh, that was kind of neat, although I got to tell you, as much as I love Burnham, I, I could do without the the slow you know, sort of soliloquy that sometimes it starts and ends with. Yeah. I kind of wish it was just an, an, more ending with, that, you know, would punctuate the episode. Um, I did like hearing, of course, Space the Final Frontier and all of that, but sure. I don't know. It, it seems, until you know what the episode is about, it sort of seems out of place. Yeah, I, yeah, it does. It does. And I think that, I don't know if it's just Kurtzman episodes, but I think that the show has a tendency to be a little overwritten sometimes. Um, they're very nice words, but like like you said, maybe we could just open with amazing pictures and sort of understand, okay, yeah, I see what we're doing. We're, we're referencing humanity's history of exploration and stuff like that. But they, she did tell that cool sort of uh, fair, uh, folktale about um, the creation of uh, the universe by the little girl. Yes. That did was. that remind you guys of Black Panther? It did. Oh, it totally yeah. Oh, my did. God. Right? Right? The first scene of Black Panther? Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, I think it makes sense that Burnham uses like candles to like chill out in her quarters. But I was like, wow, that's a lot of fire for a ship in an enclosed space. No, no, it's okay. They're hollow candles. I would kill for some hollow candles. I know. I would get that for my wife for her birthday for the bathroom. <laughs> I guarantee it's coming at some point. Uh, anything Do you think else? they're scented? What's that? Do you think they're scented? <laughs> well, they, yeah, they must be. Yeah, the scent is like is Vulcan sunrise. Right, right. It just sprays out of the wall, like, like <laughs> <laughs> it's either poison gas or Vulcan sunrise. It's your choice. 
Uh, anything else that we missed in the episode? Um, I wrote down. I wrote down just the look Pike gave Tilly when she was babbling, because <laughs> yeah. he he gets this look on his face when he starts to realize like what her deal is. That's just like perfect because it's the way like every one of us would look at Tilly if <laughs> she just <laughs> arrived. Like he just starts to be like, "Oh my God, you're perfect." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought the look on his face was, "Well, you're adorable." Yeah, <laughs> and she is adorable. I uh, I like their running man suits that they got into when they were getting into the pods. Everybody comes out in these like uh, <laughs> solid color jumpsuits. I thought those were kind the of the metallic jumpsuits. Perfect. Yeah. Well, did you notice that the uh, when it's a spacesuit, you know, the thing that curls around you had sort of uh, a cutout on it, you know, with circled rounded edges that to me looked like a lot like a take on a more modern take on the original spacesuits that they had on the original series. Oh, okay. Uh, the I big uh, square head ones, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have the square head, obviously, but right, uh, right. it's it's this, it's this I don't know, molding or something yeah. uh, that was on it. I thought that was, uh, that was a nice little nod. Yeah, I could see it. Well, uh, let's see. Usually we have a forward-looking segment at this point in the show, uh, and I guess it's a good idea, instead of asking who's going to die, to ask just what do you think is coming up? What are, who are the lights and the angel, and how is Spock involved? How are they going to get that asteroid out of the shuttle bay? What do you think that the um, the overarching meta plot is here? And I will get you started. It's not a good one, but I think it's time travel. I think it's, I think that they're, I can't believe they've gone this long without bringing time travel in. I know we had the magic to make the Sanus Man go mad and all that before, but I can't, I'll try to give you more details as we go on, of course, but I think somebody has come back from a thing or come forward or something like that. That's, that's <laughs> what I think, because Saru does have a thing where he says, um, you know, it could be black holes or something like that, the way that they're all sort of signaling at the same time. So I think that some sort of time travel is involved. Ella, what do you think? I I am just, I have no idea, and I'm so nervous. The whole, like, red angel prophecy vision thing is making me very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fairy tale ish You know, it's not, yeah. I think it's okay for Star Trek to do that, but usually it's something a little more concrete and scientific. Yeah, I'm just, I'm concerned in general. And can we talk about the shot of Spock, like, in, like, a mental ward or, like, a like, he's wearing, like, those white scrubs. Right, right. And then he's doing the Vulcan Kung Fu and everybody. Yeah. Do you think uh, Red Angel, Red Queen, a la uh, Alice in Wonderland? Ooh. Off of somebody's head? Nice. Or is that the White Queen? I hadn't thought about No, that was the Red Queen. I hadn't thought about that. I'm just assuming that the angel is not actually an angel. That there will <laughs> yeah. be a scientific explanation here, and it's not a a uh, some sort of a mythological sort of a thing that's happening you know it's not it's not apollo or something like that just god need with a starship yeah <laughs> uh dave the, any, sorry, the finale episode of the season it's literally an angel like yeah right <laughs> christianity confirmed well supposedly <laughs> this is off topic but supposedly on the rebooted battlestar galactica they were kind of writing as they went and i think you can tell in the later seasons but at one point they wanted to have like starbuck fly into like a wormhole or something because everybody's talking about god and then she meets 
a guy. It's uh, Dirk Benedict, and he's like, "Hi, I'm God. What's up?" So they <laughs> they rejected that. They shouldn't do that. I don't think. Uh, I'm glad they rejected that. Dave, uh, what what do you think about what is coming up? Uh, my my hope is is that this uh, while the 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 Red Angel thing and the signals are a mystery to be solved. I really am curious about this relationship with with Spock and Burnham, and I hope that's more of a focus because yeah. I'm I'm curious as hell as to why she said something to the effect of, you know, they were they were close for a while, and I I, I really want to know what happened there. Yeah, she Me broke too. into his computer. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, she read his diary. Right. <laughs> Uh, boy, Dirk Benedict is my God. Let's just be honest. Uh, well, that's uh, it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and episodes of Discoverage are released. You can tweet to us on the show using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTPod at gmail.com. And while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform or pod catching software of choice and subscribe to our show. Give us a rating and a review if you think of it, because it really helps us out. And also, I wanted to mention that we've got merch. You can check out our T-shirts available on our Public store. Search for Just Enough Trope. That's our parent network on Public for our snazzy Trek wear. And if you really want to support the show, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return next week, January 24th, for the next episode of Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. I don't think we have a title yet, unless it's 2.2, but it will be directed by Jonathan Frakes, which uh, I think is pretty good news. Yes, a good sign, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we'll go live as soon as the episode's over, give or take a few minutes, so please join us then. In the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest will discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere, updates on Star Trek Discovery, and of course, all the new Star Trek shows that are coming out and in development. And we have interviews with special guests. And now's a great time to catch up on the show. We're uh, just about to start our fourth season, so check it out at enterprisingindividuals.com. Dave, as always, thanks for joining me to talk about this episode. Uh, remind people where they can find you online. Uh, I am uh, at Dave Gallanter on Twitter. Um, you can probably find me and friend me on Facebook. And if you go to Amazon.com, you can uh, you can look up my books just by putting in my name. Thank you again for having me. It's always lovely to talk to both of you. You as well. And yes, please go check out Dave's books. He's got a great book uh, that deals with Spock. Uh, Ella, where can people find Generations Geek? You can find us at Generations Geek on Twitter, generationsgeek.com. And if you want my angry feminist film student rants, you can find that at Gondar Gold on Twitter. Sure. <laughs> what, what's, uh, that sounds great. I'm going to do that right now. But what's, uh, what's coming up on Generations Geek? Um, let's see. I will be talking about my trip to Sherwood Forest. Oh. Um, if there are any Robin Hood fans out there, which sure. um, if there aren't, there should be. And um, many other things, many other small, small geeky outings in London that for me. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check that out at Generations Geek. And that's it for us. Thanks for listening. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Dave and Ella saying live long and prosper. <laughs>